Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Producer. Oh, sorry, I, I had not turned you on. I'm sitting here going, yeah. <laughs> I just get, all right, I'll do the full thing again. You just saw my mouth moving. No, I was just feeling it. And Brittany's like, uh, yo. No, I was like, at home, you gotta turn him on. I was like, is Steve also digging this song right now? And then we both look up and see you Turn the music up a little bit more and I'll come back in. Here we go, take two. Okay. See how you guys like it. Welcome back. It is the Don and Steve Experience on My Talk 1071. My name is Steve Patterson. Brittany Arneson drives an Audi. And DJ Rock Lobster is clomping hard behind the glass. Hmm. That's, that was good. I'm glad we reset that. Yeah, me better too. the better the second time. You could argue. Uh, we were just <laughs> talking about. <laughs> we wouldn't know. <laughs> Man, I feel like an idiot. Like I was doing pretend radio over here. <laughs> so we like everything. Jeez. All right. Let's. Uh, we just did Nicki Minaj news in the dirt. I have different Nicki Minaj okay. news in the beat. Time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. Yeah! And Steve Patterson. Do you like Huey Lewis on the news? This, this is the beat. Nicki Minaj went off on Kevin Federline for dissing Britney. Oh, yes. Go off, queen. All right. Here we go. Here's what Nicki Minaj said. Uh, she was on an episode of her Queen radio podcast. She said, quote, do you understand what kind of a clown you have to be? A whole grown bleeping man. And as soon as you see somebody happy and getting married and moving on and being free and feeling good in their own skin to do the very thing that you know is going to attempt to break them down. She also called Kevin Federline, Nicki Minaj did, a coward for running to the media and trashed him for bringing the kids into it, quote, when they look back, they're going to say, why, why, why did we do this? They're kids. They don't know how detrimental this is. But, you know, and then she called him a name at the uh. end. But, you know, bleep. Um, and in closing, she told Kevin to leave Brittany the bleep alone. Your thoughts on Nicki Minaj clapping back, I guess, on behalf of Brittany for putting out those videos recently uh, that involve Brittany interacting with her kids. I uh, love it. I'm here for it. Yes, 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 yes. I think that was the most relatable video any of us have ever seen in the history of ever. <laughs> um, I didn't even watch the videos. I read the transcripts and thought, oh, that sounds like a parent, like a stressed out parent of like, you know, when you have to storm into a room at some point and say, hey, newsflash, I'm paying the mortgage. There's going to be respect here. Because you're weird, because you're going through puberty. And then she goes, my little body can't handle all of this. <laughs> I highly recommend you go listen oh, to it. Oh, maybe I need to see it. Maybe They're, I need to see the whole thing. I mean, because the, the audio, you just hear it. You go, yes, I I don't have a teenager. I have a two-month-old. I have nannied teenagers before. And we have had similar talks in the, I guess, I don't want to drop more names, but Nissan Juke. 
Okay, though. Oh, wow. Wow, man, sporty. That's a car that gets around, weaving in and out of traffic. Yep. Juke, it's right in the name. Juke. Now, for those who didn't see the videos, can you explain explain a little bit more of what Brittany was saying and why it was so relatable? I loved it. So it's a secret recording. You can tell the sons are doing it. And, you know, I grew up from a family. My my parents were divorced and my stepfamily's parents were divorced. And this is the number one thing they say not to do is pin the kids against, you know, the they can tell that the parents are against each other. So the the kids lean into that. Yeah. And so the fact that these recordings exist and the fact that Kevin was like, oh, we got your mom, that is grounds 101 for not great. Yeah, sure. So the recording itself is one of the sons recording uh, after they were at a, yo- a frozen yogurt shop where I guess the kid was doing something naughty. He was taking his shoes off and not putting them on. And the, mo- you know, B Spears got mad and they got in the car and he's like, you know, she does drop the F-bomb and some families use it. Uh, and she's like, what the heck are you doing? What the heck were you thinking? Um, I don't understand. Why would you take your shoes off there? And there's just an argument. And it's very relatable. You can hear it in her voice. It's just that frustration of like, I don't know how to talk to you right now. And I'm trying to be as human as possible saying, help me help you. Mm. Um, do you want, I mean, do we want, I found a couple of bleeped out clips if yeah. we want to hear them. Or oh. is that just, yeah, we, sure. does that feel yeah. exploitative? No, I say do it because I think it was one of those things that it's, once you hear it, you go, yeah, yeah, I've been there as a parent. Okay, so there's one where she goes into the bedroom and they don't want to put on face lotion. Do the car one. And there's one where she says something, he's acting weird because he's going through puberty. Do that one. Okay, here goes. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your I do care, but I'm shocked as with you. And I don't know what to do. And I'm scared of you because you're weird, because you're going through puberty. I don't know what to say. But I do care more than you know. But don't be... My little body can't handle all of that. There's like sometimes I just don't even know what to say with you. I was in shock. And I do care. I was in shock in the store when I looked down. And Jaden, how are you so cool about that? Your brother being with Baron's big feet, size 13 now? Well, he's my brother. And, and all the more exposed his feet, your blood in an ice cream shop in, in, in Alaska weather? Don't you think that's a little odd? No. Uh, yeah, I think your phone should be gone. Uh, okay. Yeah, for a very long time. Uh, yeah, for not wearing shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My phone's just going to be taken away forever. Because you know what, Jaden? Mom decides to take it away for me not wearing shoes. There is a, I don't have teenagers yet. I have an 11-year-old, soon to be 12. Um, the the disrespectful phase that not every single kid goes through, but that many teenagers do go through, is, um, boy, that sounds trying as I a parent. Know. To have that disrespectful, flippant response back of, yeah, you're going crazy. What do you mean? Like... Ugh. I know. Me no like you. I know, and it sucks too because you go, listen, we've all had a bad moment in parenting where you go, I didn't handle it the way like my like when when before I had kids, right. I had a game plan. That's even with all, even with a two month old, I go, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do tummy time every twenty minutes, whatever. <laughs> and then when that reality hits you, it hits hard, and the relatability of her. 
you know, and then hating a moment going, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. what to say. It's like uh, Iron Mike Tyson once said, said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. You know? I think having teenagers is like getting punched in the mouth. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> oh, know, great. I, it's, 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 that's all I can do for Mike I don't think I can actually say words with my Mike Tyson impression. It's, I mean... It's, can I tell you a real worry of mine? <laughs> sure. We have uh, 45 seconds. Sometimes I worry that you base your response off things just so you can pull out these impressions. So you think that I pulled out the uh, Mike Tyson quote there just so I could... I mean, if everybody's got a, a plan, Jimmy, until, until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> I worry the content is driven by what you can or can't do. And I'm going to lean on to can't also do impression-wise. That is correct. Okay, good. I own everything that you just said. Thank you. I feel heard. Stick around to hear my Martin Short impression and find out how it ties into ice cream that tastes like a dive bar. We'll get into that when we return. Don and Steve on my top. I'm telling you, nursing in public is a mixed bag. You do that thing. Like, I want to be confident. But then you do that thing where you're like, you know what? I don't care. And then you have a moment. You're like, oh. So just being able to relax and go someplace would have been amazing. Yeah. I know I you can that. relate. <laughs> you, know. you know, I did. I did watch Lou. You yeah. know, go through that process, and it's yeah. You're to have a comfortable space where you feel like you're not getting gawked at or eyebrows raised. You know, you're just like, okay, I'm just trying to feed my kid here. How about everybody just settle down? So you had to go in, get a little bit of air conditioning. Uh, but you know, uh, Britt, if it's any uh, consolation to you, we my my wife nursed our first three kids, and then the fourth one, uh, for whatever reason, he just never got good at it his latch always struggled he would he was just like wilding out in the in the hospital like not wanting it and so we had to quickly shift to formula and she had a little bit of like a you know this crisis of uh, confidence as a mother where you're yes. like oh I, I you know when she made the decision i want to breastfeed and then she she suddenly couldn't she was like oh but i've been able to and i want to give them these kind of nutrients and all that and then you know we were encouraging of like you got to there are other ways to love your little one well, whether or not, not you are at, nursing. Because there's so many initial emotions not attaching that shame on the whatever happens is so mm-hmm. essential. And it's like one of those, it's a weird thing, right? Because <clears throat> like I've had these boobs for 36 years. They've had mm-hmm. no purpose, none. I've been carrying them around. <laughs> and then it was their time to step up and do their thing. This is their moment. And this is their moment. It's why I had to wear buy bras and shirts and all the stuff that were specifically for them. And I was able to breastfeed for about uh, 10 weeks. And I still had to supplement. And that's why we had to stay mm-hmm. an extra day in the hospital is that I wasn't putting out enough. And yeah. it is reaching out to also if this is happening to you reaching out to different moms and talking about their experience because you just think it's just going to be this beautiful you'll be in a meadow you'll put the baby on and you'll walk through in this flowy white dress and that's what's yes. going to happen but it didn't and it's okay no instead you got a lactation specialist who's oh. coming teaching the significant other how to get their pinky into the corner now you help her okay you get that open the latch up we want it to be fish lips and all this stuff i know we're going to squeeze it like a hamburger this time is I, what we're going to do like you're eating a hamburger and then there's uh, massages you do for the the infant's mouth i mean it's a whole thing and i'll tell you what you na- you just know that lactation specialist getting them in your house 
is amazing because you yes. just need to talk to someone about it because you're going yes. crazy. And we would have, you know, like the baby sometimes would then just thrash oh, around the boob. And they're like, and you're like, can you find it? And now we, uh, you know, sorry for any little zero the no. carpet. Now you're like hitting them with the nipple. You're like, like, hello, hello. Well, Are you sensing this? Also, it's right there. Also, so my mom stayed with us for about a week and at that point, your nipples are like all tore up. They're just are. They just are. They're just crazy. So both every time that uh, little Gogo would latch on, me and my mom would count to five because there would be the initial extreme pain. And I know yeah. people are now clutching um, <laughs> their breasts. It's just a fact. Um, so it's just a journey. It's not as magical all the time, always. And once you get that pump noise involved, you can actually go insane. It's like living in a nudist colony too for the first couple of months and the irony for i'll just speak for like the you know us fellas oh, out there yeah. as a guy i relate yeah. to other guys um you're like this is simultaneously this is my dream this is what i've been waiting for right her shirt is just randomly off it's like what's happening here because and and then they are absolutely caution tape under investigation off limits you don't don't even look at them don't don't look at me. Don't look directly at them. Don't even acknowledge them. I don't want anything attached to them. Um, I think that's, I always thought so, you know how like there's this mom nudity. My mom was always p- pretty open about being naked. Like not like crazy, not like running around the house naked. I always thought that happened because you had a baby and during the labor process, you just have to be vulnerable. No. Right. It's completely because of this stage of like, especially if you're pumping, you got to get that in the fridge quickly. And like, yeah. who has time to put on a bra ever? I I remember, I've told this story before, but quickly, Lou and I had an old digital camera. We had our first baby. So this is more than a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And we're taking all these selfies of each other. And like, uh, Addie was there and it was just like this sweet little moment. Like, whoa, we're doing it. We're parents. And we were going back and forth on the digital camera, just looking. Do we like this camera, this picture, or this picture, this picture, or this picture? Back and forth, back and forth. This is at the time when, do you remember, you had a digital camera, and if friends came over and you had had a baby or had just gone on a vacation, you would hand them your digital camera and say, just go through the photos. You can just go through. Yeah. And they're clicking through. It wasn't until we had gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth <laughs> multiple times. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. But I said, your left boob is fully out. <laughs> it, is, it is fully exposed and the baby's not even on it. It just looks like you were at Mardi Gras. And so, yeah, it was, it was a, a whole thing. I, I remember say, saying to her, though, this last time, you know, because it's tough for me to you know, relate, right? I have, as one nurse told me when we were in the hospital for the last baby, he said, look at you over there with your useless nipples. And that's true. <laughs> Fact. And I was trying to comfort her that even though she wouldn't be able to nurse anymore, to know that she would still care for Dev, our little guy, well, because it was causing her such stress and so many emotions that maybe now the better exchange for how you could care well for him is by caring well for yourself and realizing 
It's okay. If yeah. it didn't work out, it's tough, but it will be okay, and he will be okay. And if that means that you can set aside that stress and the emotional distress that a lot of moms go through if they're having trouble nursing, if they wanted to nurse, uh, what you get back in terms of just your energy and emotional equilibrium that you can then love them differently than you could otherwise. Oh, of course. I mean, there's some. There's a huge aspect to that. I would like to also add that they... And our hospital was amazing. But one thing they said is, okay, you know, her blood sugar's down. That can have long-term effects, so we're going to have to supplement. And at first, we were using donor milk, which was amazing. Um, Very thankful to people who donate breast milk. And in my mind, too, the Steve, this is how delusional I was. I was like, I'm going to give back all that donor milk. I am going to make sure I... Okay, so very delusional. Sure. Um, Optimistic. Optimistic, some would say. Well, then they said, okay, well, when you're leaving the hospital, make sure you guys pick up formula. Now, keep in mind, this was two months ago. And we said, question, uh, where do we get said formula? And the nurses go, we don't know. And then they say, my husband goes, we just can't stress out, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's helpful. We're a formula shortage in the world. And I, I just... I lost it. I lost it. I lost it on everybody. I'd like to formally apologize to anybody that was in the room. Yeah. Just don't stress out. It's okay. That's right. You're doing great. And the baby, the number one thing for the baby, breast milk or no breast milk, is love on that little one. Yes. And food, and it'll all food shake is out. helpful. I food is helpful. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Brittany, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help any moms out there. Struggling. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you this quickly. Miller High Life is selling alcoholic ice cream. Hmm. Tastes like a dive bar. Oh. Each bar has beer-flavored ice cream, a hint of tobacco smoke flavoring, a peanut swirl, because any good dive bar has free peanuts, and then gooey caramel swirl to represent the sticky floor. Eat up, kids. 651-641-1071. Call that number. You can play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge next. What up? Hey, welcome back. Uh, hey, you know my talk 1071 is going to be out at the Minnesota State Fair from August 25th to September 5th. Come watch your favorite shows weekdays from 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. On the Chanhassen Dinner Theater stage, plus special weekend broadcast schedules just for the fair. Find our building on Underwood Street, just south of Randall Avenue, and make sure to register to win a seven-day cruise from Celebrity Cruises. Wow. More info, mytalk1071.com, keyword fair. I have a, uh, I have a source, a friend whose husband works in sign making. He, he runs a sign business. And his business, I believe, uh, just put up a new sign. There's new MyTalk signage at our booth out at the State Fair. Mm. And so I got a little sneak peek. They sent me over a picture. It looks pretty, 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 pretty good. It's one week from today, by the way, right? One week from today, yeah. So you see the new sign, uh, all the shows broadcasting out there from the wee hours of the morning. So anyway, stick them out. Yeah, ready nice... to play a game? Brit- I'm ready. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, Brittany. What were you? Wait, Brittany was going to offer something. It's a nice area. That was what I. Time to go to college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host. DJ Rock Lobster. Lobster. I want to see how smart you are. I do want to see how smart you are. I also, uh, today is National Fajita Day, National Ice Cream Pie Day, National Pinot Noir Day. Mm. I couldn't really think of anything for any of those. Uh, And then I noticed it's National Mail Order Catalog Day. 
Oh, yes. So I was wondering, because they're basically celebrating on this day in 1872, uh, Montgomery Wards came out with their first catalog. I know I'm a kid of the 70s and 80s. I dealt with more mail-order catalogs than you guys did. But you guys probably dealt with, let's say, the Abercrombie mm. mailing. Sure. Yeah. Um, the the JCPenney catalog. How about my mom used to subscribe, I think, to like Harriet Carter, which sold all sorts of just interesting little knickknacks and gadgets. And it was always very fun when that came in the mail to leaf through it to see what was in there. Of course, you know, there was um, ladies in underwear in those JCPenney catalogs. And, um, you know, for a young DJ Rock Lobster, that was an exciting moment. Enough about me. Yes, indeed. Uh, um, the uh, <laughs> I, So I decided to Google, are there any uh, catalog models that became famous? And I stumbled across a list of Abercrombie and Fitch models that became famous. It's oh. not exactly a mail-order catalog, but I we're going to go with it. I we'll like work this. It. I like this train of thought. Um, so I'm going to bring on a woman to the show. Her name is Dawn. She's on the telephone. Dawn, welcome in. You're on the Dawn and Steve experience. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Oh, wonderful. Where are you calling from, Dawn? Um, the parking lot of Target in Otsego. Woo! Shout out! Otsego <laughs> in the building? Parking What's lot. What's uh, are you coming from, to, like, did you just shop, or are you about to shop after the game? I am actually on a vegetable oil run to save some brownies, and I'm not doing a good job because I'm on the phone with you. Yes, you are not. You are missing the mark, so whoever sent you out for this run, uh, they'll be upset, but we're happy that you called. You can team up with Brittany or with Stevie Boy in today's College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Who would you like to team up with? I'm going with Britney and yeah. mm-hmm. Mom Power. Oh, Nay Nay! Yes, I love morning brownies. All right, <laughs> I am gonna. I'll, I'm gonna go wave me down, guys. When you want me back, okay? okay? There goes Steve. Uh, I'm gonna tell Dawn right now that if she wins, if Britney is the uh, the winner here, uh, you're gonna win a pair of movie move movie movie passes to see an advanced screening of Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Monday, August 29th at Showplace Icon at the West End. This is gonna be kind of cool. Uh, Jordan Peele is executive producing this. Daniel Kaluuya from uh, Get Out is producing this. Sterling K. Brown is in it. So there you go. You might win. I'm going to do this for Don. I'm going to do this for Don. Nice. Uh, so here's the category of Abercrombie models that later turned out to be famous actors. You ready, Brittany? Born ready. We'll start with this one. She modeled in 2004, just before landing a role on the OC as Alex. Mishka Barton. I'm not, not done yet. Oh, Alex. In 2019, she directed her first film, the teen comedy Booksmart. And her second feature, Don't Worry Darling, premieres next month. Who was Alex in the OC? All right, now I'm going to do Misha Barton, but I'm going to... We're going to go back. Okay, he modeled in 2006. He's best known for portraying Tim Riggins in Friday Night Lights and as a co-lead in HBO's True Detective Season 2. Oh, that is... Uh... He's been nominated twice for MTV Movie Awards for Best Shirtless Performance for the films Foxcatcher and Magic Mike. Oh, that's... uh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my good. Okay. You got Olivia. I mean, you've got Don. Don. Okay. Olivia, where'd that name come from? Oh, I know where it came from. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Don, we know... What's his name that they always get wrong on Lo-J? I... 
I don't know anything. The only, the last one yeah. is the Channing guy. Channing Tatum. Channing guys. They, they yeah. call him Ch- Channing Tatum, Shatum over yes. at Low J. And if you, the okay, sec- so second one. The first one's going to be a boy, Alex. No, I, I thinking, said she. Oh, she, okay. She modeled, I'll go over this one. She modeled in 2004 just before landing a role in the OC as Alex. She's the one with the pixie haircut. In, in 2019, she directed her first film, the teen comedy Book Smart. And her second feature, Don't Worry Darling, premieres next month. I haven't heard of any of that. <laughs> okay, I know she's got a pixie cut. She was really cute. She was uh, Seth's uh, love interest. And then what was the second one? Uh, basically, who played Tim Riggins in Friday Night Lights and who uh, was one of the detectives in True Detective Season 2 and also is hot because he's a model for Abercrombie. Oh, I'm so sorry, Don. I, oh, what? Oh. Is, uh, Olivia, wait, 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 wait. Olivia Wilde, that's somebody. <gasps> yes! That's Olivia Wilde! <laughs> that's why I accidentally said Olivia a few seconds ago. Oh, oh my Oops. gosh. Oops, <laughs> I mean, no comment. <laughs> I, I couldn't get Kim Wilde out of my head. Kim Wilde. We're oh, the kids yeah, in for, America. I forget Olivia Wilde was on the OC. I kept thinking yeah. about the quirky girlfriend. Okay, love that. I, right. We got two. We're now, doing all you good. Need to know, do you know who played uh, quarterback Tim Riggins? I believe he was a quarterback. I'll throw that. Was he the me. one who was in a wheelchair then on the show for most of it? I wouldn't know his actor's name anyways. On Friday Night Lights? I haven't seen that show. Oh, he was actually a fullback slash running back. So okay. I, I don't want to mess you guys up. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Because I was like the lead. That's I don't okay. know his name. Steve won't know anything. I, I love living that life. Okay, let's wave at Steve. He's coming back. Oh. He was so lonely. He was wow. begging to come back. <laughs> you know, actually, I have a friend who sent through a picture. He said, hey, I was in a particularly boring meeting this morning, and I put this together. And it was a, uh, a breakdown of like the top serials according to category, and he had in his Mount Rushmore of cereals, Cocoa Krispies, garbage, mm-hmm. Raisin Bran, Frosted Flakes, easy, and Fruit Loops. And I wouldn't have any of those in my Mount Rushmore. So I sent him back my Mount Rushmore of cereal, which would be Mini Wheats, Life, Honey Nut Checks, Sneaky, and Lucky Charms, just for the marshmallows. Hmm. Thanks for your interest, I know, Brittany. No, All right, we'll I move think on. both of us are trying to make our mouth rush more. Maybe we should do that in one of these segments. All right, we'll save it. We'll do it later. Instead, we're going to be celebrating Mail Order Catalog Day uh, because okay. in 1872, Montgomery Ward sent out Monkey their first Wards. catalog. Um, the way I turn this into trivia, I took uh, Abercrombie. He used to have a mailing. I don't know if you could order anything from it or not, but it was a, it was a mail order. It was a mailed out catalog of some sort. And some of their models became famous actors, even directors. Okay. And now I'm going to quiz you on three of them. Okay. She modeled in 2004, just before landing a role on the OC as Alex. In 2019, she directed her first film, the teen comedy Book Smart. And her second feature, Don't Worry Darling, premieres next month. Name that Abercrombie model turned actress turned director. I cannot name anyone from the OC, even though we watched it. How about this guy? He modeled in 2006. He's best known for portraying Tim Riggins in Friday Night Lights and as a co-lead in HBO's True Detective Season 2. Taylor Kitsch. And he modeled in 2001. He's been nominated twice for the MTV Movie Award for Best Shirtless Performance for the films Foxcatcher and Magic Mike. Channing Tatum. Oh, man. 
The OC was hot. I think it was like sophomore year of college we were watching it. I was in high school. Because <laughs> I'm younger than you. You are so youthful right now. Thank you. Mm. So Crap, let's, who let's was go that? over it. Um, the OC woman turned director is Olivia Wilde. Wow, I do not even remember her being in the OC. Wow, that's wild. It is wild. Uh, so um, Dawn came up with that one, so it's yep. one nothing, Brittany. Nice job, Dawn. Thanks, Dawn. Number two, Taylor Kitsch is the correct answer for nice. playing Tim Riggins. Oh, uh, Riggs. Detective. Uh, Brittany and Dawn couldn't come up with that. Steve could, so it is now one-to-one. Find someone in Friday Night Lights that you were rooting for, pulling for more than Riggs, just to get life on the right path and to catch a break. Probably the wino mom. Yeah, I guess. Addiction is <laughs> a bit more pressing than just a guy who's kind of down on his I loved her. I loved her at every stage. And then the third one you both got, it was Channing Tatum. And so we are going to go to a tiebreaker. Wait, you guys didn't get Taylor Kitsch? We didn't get we didn't get it. We didn't get that. Oh my gosh. Sorry, we were too young for that show. Wonderful. So the tiebreaker, I found a singer uh, who was uh, uh, in Abercrombie and Fitch in about 03. Okay. And I'm going to play some music by that singer. As a reminder, Don, if you know the answer, say your name, and then you'll get an opportunity to answer, okay? Okay. Come on, Don. We got this. this We got this. Tell me who's singing this. This is a song that Steve, it probably goes through his head a lot, you know, maybe a couple, two, three times a year. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Brittany, <laughs> Chad Pagan. I'm an artisan, my old last name. Don, Brittany, Taylor Swift, welcome to New York. <laughs> you got it. I'm happy that she won. She reacted much better than I would have. Nice, Brittany. I've been waiting my whole life for this. It looks like Rocco you really Fire. needed that win. I'm excited for Brittany. Yeah. Yay. I'm so excited. You're going to get that vegetable oil. You're going to make your family happy. I'd like to thank my mom, Beverly Sopo. No, no, hey, no, 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 no. We're not doing, we don't think it's not an acceptance speech. Uh, so there wow. you go. Brittany finally gets on the board. Um, Don. It's like now yeah. 43-34, according to Kaylee's uh, score. And uh, Don's going to go see Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Monday, August 29th at Showplace Icon at the West End. Yes! Congratulations. Guys, the biggest piece of brownie. Oh, oh, girl, you get that corner piece. Mm, a little burnt, a yes. little undone. Hey, Love can it. I, can I give a shout out to my nephews and niece? Yes. Are you making them the brownies? Well, their mom is. I'm just the go-getter of the ingredients. You're just the vegetable oil lady. Yeah, shout them out. Yeah. What are their names? Get them loud and proud. Right. We don't care. Hey, Cole. Hey, Bryce. Hey, Keaton. Auntie Don loves you. Yeah, she does. Yeah, and you can call her Auntie Nawad from now on. That's her name backwards. Don, thanks for calling. Thanks for playing the game. When we come back, why don't we do a little, you want to do a little cereal talk or Oprah talk? You get to choose. I don't care. I'm so sweaty and happy. Let's all right, maybe, do Oprah. All right, I'm going to try to, a, a little Oprah talk in something that I think we all might enjoy. That one, we come back, Donna, Steve, my talk. Welcome back. It is the Donna and Steve experience on my talk 107.1, where talk is fun. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this Thursday. Throwback Thursday music trivia coming up at 1130. 2000s pop-ish. 
is going to be our genre today because Brittnane, who is only 36, so youthful. Mm, tell it, me. Is going to be in the hot seat today because she's in for Donna Valentine, who is vacationing in Mound. Maybe warm seat. <laughs> warm seat. Warm. I we were talking about there was a, a Oprah a new Oprah podcast that was in the news last week because of some copyright infringement trademark stuff that Harpo was reaching out about saying hey we don't like that you're using the logo in this podcast even though there was sort of word that Harpo had been cooperating with the podcast not not collaborating but cooperating so anyway it made the news blah 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 it got me thinking of a different story so maybe I sort of took it and made my own headline out of it but I started talking about the podcast that I listened to back in 2016 called Making Oprah. It was produced by WBEZ in uh, WBEZ out of Chicago. They have three seasons. One of them is Making Oprah. The most recent season, season three, is Making Beyonce. Mm. But, you know, they only they only three seasons they've been out for six years. So they they're not like prolific in how many episodes that they put out. But when they put them out, they're good. It's a three-episode season for making oprah if you missed it the first time around it made a lot of news back then i would encourage you to go listen to it again i just re-listened to it on a drive up north and my sister was in the car and she liked oprah and she is a behind the scenes fan so so we listened to it and it was enjoyable again i recommend if you were a fan of oprah or just 90s and 2000s daytime tv you will enjoy it. Oprah does participate in this podcast. You hear from her quite a bit. Oh, wow. Which is cool. They got her, and they document the moment that they find out, oh, my gosh, we got Oprah. She agreed. She actually sat down for two separate interviews with them, one when she had just come off of an appearance on Ellen's show, and they were set up backstage in a dressing room, and then in comes Oprah. And, you know, the mics are always live in this podcast, too, so you hear all the moments. It's not all buttoned up. They break the fourth wall a lot, and so you hear Oprah just in the distance, you know, kind of like over here. Oh, hello. He's Who like, do we have coming in the room and stuff like that. Hello, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You get the whole story behind the you get a car, which was fascinating in and of itself. Someone else who we quote a lot on this show is Phil Donahue, who once berated poor Bob Ross on his show. Bob, Brit, do you know? Do you know about this, Brittany? No. I should, I should pull that. Maybe up. pull up the full. Well, okay, and I, you're about to hear some great audio that we heard of Donahue in this podcast. There was a time that Bob. I mean, Donahue was just. So, I mean, there's something about the way he. T- you know, he like slowly walks into it, and then occasionally just gets angry. And he had Bob Ross on, and Bob Ross was painting, painting for Donahue. Like, yes, I'll come on your show, and I'll paint a painting while you do an interview with me. And at one, at one point, Donahue just decided to tell Bob Ross where his artwork would never end up, and it clearly rattled Bob Ross because you hear him <laughs> stumble in his response. Here is the full audio that we have now just exaggerated to Bob out loud, your work will never hang in a museum. No. Bob! Well, maybe it will, but probably not the Smithsonian. Because why? <laughs> I had to say the Smithsonian. So we'll play that again because that is one of our favorite parts of that audio is that Donahue, feeling all full Donahue at this point, said to his guest, who he welcomed on the show, who was not flaunting any sort of uh, like agenda. 
He wasn't trying to come out with anything political. He was painting he was nature make, scapes. He was making happy clouds, happy mistakes. To which Donahue said, say out loud <laughs> that your art will never hang in a museum. And then listen to Bob Ross as he tries to stay calm but says Smithsonian. Never hang in a museum. No. Bob. Well, maybe it will, but probably not this is morning. Because Not mm. this is morning. Mm. Oh, I just feel bad. For I, My heart Bob, hurts for Bob. Look at this and tell yourself you're trash. <laughs> Bob, what this beer? Bob gets the last laugh. I mean, Bob Ross is kind of a household name, and Phil Donahue is kind of a you know forgotten. If you talk had show host. a Bob Ross right now, that would be behind glass. It would have to be. Here's a little bit of um, Phil Donahue. So I forgot he, you know, he's on the podcast, and it's great. And he's on episode one. You hear from both Donahue and uh, and Oprah. First, I'm going to play you audio of just Bob. As Bob, just like a good reminder of his voice and his delivery style, they were talking about what made his talk show different. Different. Nobody's program on television at that time was doing this kind of material. Everything was either ha ha, hee hee, laugh laugh, win a prize, <laughs> spinning wheels, come on down. We had our first gay guy on in the first week of our show. So that just already gives you a little reminder of his cantankerous approach to they're doing it this way, we're going to do it another way, and our way is better. He reminds me so much of like that uncle that, like, yeah, 50% of the time it's fine. And then there's that other 50% where it's like, no, he did not want to come to dinner, and he's here, and he's going to make sure you all yes. know that he does not want to be here. Let me see if this is the other part. So then we have our kids in the car, and they're, we're just pulling up making Oprah. Like, what could go wrong? And then, uh, I hope this is the right spot. This is where he's talking about one particular episode. I hope I cued it We up. did a program in our, one of the early weeks that we were on the air on the anatomically correct doll. So the male doll would have this little tallywhacker between his <laughs> legs. And I held the doll up. And I said, do you think this is objectionable for children? If you do, call Baldwin six five four five four. If you do not, call Baldwin seven seven four five four. Well, the entire Baldwin exchange went out and it collapsed, and the telephone company was panicked. I mean, isn't I didn't expect they've never heard the word tallywhacker before, and I've, I I think it's okay to say on the radio. I will find out, Rocco. Tallywhacker. I think it's not one of the seven words. Okay. Yeah. Low J says worse. That's what I always remind myself. Oh, Anytime yeah. I get nervous about something I've said, I listen to a Low J promo and I'm like, whew. She says Schwanstuka or something like that, doesn't she? Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. want to know the interpretation. I, I, I'm terrified right now. I'm a guest. Uh, Bob, <laughs> <laughs> look at this beer and say you're disappointed in yourself. Tell me that you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dirt Alert, coming your way next.